0: Can you place your order, please? (laughs) Now, um, (laughs) well, we're so excited for you, Sean and Mariah. We truly do. Um, For those of you who don't know me, I'm Jensen. I'm not a pastor. I'm not part of the leadership of the church. I'm just a regular guy that comes to church and strive my best to follow God with all my heart. And uh, it's a real privilege today to be able to uh, share something with you on a special day such as Father's Day. Um, I woke up this morning and Abigail, my three-year-old, came to me and said, Happy Father's Day, and shook my hand. It's like, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Who taught you that? (laughs) Where's the hug? (laughs) That's very formal. But uh, yeah, and uh, I guess uh, fatherhood for the last three and a half years, I have two kids and uh, has been a real... Process of growing, and uh, you never know how much it will stretch you until you become a father. Uh, it it really really stretches you. You think you have it all under control, wait till you have kids. Seriously, yeah. And I've discovered that fatherhood, the two things that work best for me is tissue paper and wet wipes. All right, you can never go wrong without that, especially when I have two girls. You always need the tissue paper, and you always need the wet wipes. Um, now. I thought before I share something simple this morning uh, in occasion with Father's Day, I thought uh, some of you might have known that I've gone to Papua New Guinea for a short missions trip back in May, and uh, some of you did ask whether or uh, how did it go, and will you share a little bit about it? I thought I'll just take five minutes just, just to show you a few pictures, and uh, just to let you know what, what happened in May. Uh, I wasn't sipping pina colada on the beach at PNG. Um, so, yeah, I want to thank you all for praying for me. I want to thank the leadership of the church and uh, Pastor Rob and Pauline for praying for us and sending me. You know that when we go for missions, whatever I do doesn't make me a better Christian than you. All right? It doesn't make me a better Christian, even if you've gone on a mission trip for a hundred times, and those that pray for you at home, for those that send you, or even sometimes just praying. You know, uh, it doesn't make me a better Christian. But it is a privilege in a way, when you go for missions where God actually opens your eyes, where God actually grows you and opens your eyes and see, gee, the harvest is plentiful. And also, you actually find that there are a lot of people just like you and I who love the Lord and have given and sacrificed a lot of their time and resources, that you are part of a much greater family, right? So I thought i will just share with you a few pictures. So the background of this is when I was in med school, um, I was challenged by, by God and through the leaders that discipled me at that time to make sure you give God some of your time and your skills in missions because God called you more than just being a doctor. And uh, it has stayed with me ever, ever since I graduated from med school and I thank God that he's given me opportunities to, to do so and this will be my third um, my third mission trip, short-term mission trip to, to a foreign land. Um, I did two stints in Vanuatu many years ago uh, and it's been a few years before I did it again because with kids and everything, but God challenged me last year that, remember what you have said that you will do, and I took the step of faith, and it's very hard to leave your two young kids and a wife to actually go and do this, and I really thank Sharon and also the family that because when I go, they go too, you see, so I I really thank God that Sharon released me, and uh, and uh, Shevin's mom and dad that actually came and looked after the kids. So it wasn't a reckless decision. I said, bye-bye, honey, I'm going on the trip now. You can look after the kids, all right? Um, so I uh, just want to share with you a few things. So I joined up with YWAM PNG. and So you, if some of you may not know YWAM, it's called Youth with a Mission. Uh, it's, one, it's one of the biggest mission organization in the world. They have, they have networks in every country, and P&G, uh, YWAM p has come up with three medical ships. And so what we do is we get on the ship, we go to different places and do clinics and also pray for people and even minister in the church. All right, So that's the gist of it. So that's uh, the snapshot of the ship. That's uh, Yeah, it looks like a, like a holiday cruise ship, which actually it was. It was actually a Whit Sunday's cruise ship, which they bought and then they refurnished it to become a medical ship. So if you see how we get this kind of picture, the photographer on the ship has a drone. Thank God for drones, right? So, so, I went there in May and joined up um, with their uh, sixth outreach of the year. They have probably quite a few outreaches in a year, and this outreach um, is at the eastern province at Milan Bay. For those of you who know PNG, is in Millen Bay is at the eastern province, and we sail all across to the easternmost eastern border of PNG, bordering the Solomon Islands. Um, and uh, these are one of the most unreached and unserviced places in the world, and it's a real adventure. And so that was me with with one of the other guys on board, and uh, this is where our first port of call when we boarded the ship. It's a big ship, actually. It's got about 120 people on board, uh, and you know what the amazing thing is? Everyone's a volunteer there. From the captain all the way down to the deckhand, all the way down to every volunteer, no one gets paid. And some of them have been there for two three years and they've given up everything some of them come with the support of their church to be a missionary and uh, so it, it really humbles me to see that these people actually gave up so much just to minister to to the people of PNG now to your right is the um, is the galley the place you eat the lounge the briefing area the uh, right that's that's like ev- everything that happens on the ship is there so every morning we uh, morning afternoon evening we have our not, not afternoon, but every morning and night we have our dinner there and we have our briefings, everything. So these are modes of transport. So we wake up every morning, we have our breakfast by 6, and then by 8 o'clock we are on our transport. to um, Our clinics are different, our, our office view changes every day. Um, and uh, this is how we get to work. So on the back of trucks, uh, you have a sore bum at the end of the 45-minute uh, ride, or you get on... The Zodiacs, uh, which is about sometimes 20 minute rides or 45 minute rides and then you, you get to places like this. And uh, these guys are there checking for crocodiles, so... <laughs> it's a real adventure, yeah. Um, so um, when we get to where we need to go, we, we do a f- production line, get our stuff, or get, or get a gear down and then set up our clinics. This is how the clinics look like, so it can be in a hut. Or well, some places there is a, there is a little health centre and these are the lineups outside the clinic. So we see an average of about, you know, 40 to 80 patients a day, um, you know. Um, and um, one thing I prayed to God about this trip was, God, you, you know, I just want to do this just for the sake of doing it. You see, uh, you know, if, if I go there, I really want you to open doors for me so that I can make a difference in, with the skills that you've given me. And be careful what you pray for because God actually answers it. Um, because actually, we, we have three medical teams, because we have enough doctors to form three medical teams, so I was one of it. And my team was the pool magnet, alright? I don't know what pool magnet means, but we attract all the stuff, alright? All the, all the crazy stuff, all the really, really sick stuff. So all the emergencies came to my team. And, uh, but I really thank God that, you know, it's one thing to have the skills, but you know that you're in, a, you're in an environment where you actually have no equipment. You actually got nothing, all right, apart from, or you know what the problem is, but you can't fix it. And that's when faith comes in. That's when you pray. You do your doctor thing, you do your medical thing with your nurses and everything, but you also need to have that element of faith. And I can tell you for sure that this is what, what really humbles me in the mission field, that when you pray, miracles happen, right? When you have nothing left. So this man on the left is one of my highlights of the trip. We were on the ship. We just got to one of the islands, and uh, out came this little teeny, motorized tinny. And uh, there was four men carrying this guy up to the ship. They said, please help us. There's a, an entire tree fell on this guy's head. He cracked open his skull. And when I looked at him, I think, oh, gee, I, I, think you, I don't think he'll survive. <laughs> I don't think he'll survive. He's got a cracked open skull. And I think what, for those of you who are medically trained, I believe he got the base of skull fracture, right? So um, we tried to stabilize him on the, on the ship, and, uh, and we couldn't get him retrieved out for days. So we, we just have to, I just need to inspect, give the best treatment I could, and send him to a small little, this is him at the local health center, which, which has just a few sort of health workers. They're not even enrolled nurses, all right? They are really basically trained. And we left him there. I mean, we stabilized him, left him there, left him with the, with the medicines, and then we prayed and prayed. and then we, But we managed to come back the next day. And look, <laughs> he's awake, and he's walking, all right? And there's nothing I can give credit for but God, right because I cannot i mean we can do the we can do our best, but there are some things you need that divine hand all right yeah. and we are very fortunate in Australia when things happen like this you you're on you're on the plane or the helicopter out of here, Paul into to Adelaide, but over there, right, it's either life and death it's it's so you know it's uh, This is another emergency. This young little four-year-old girl was on the verge of respiratory failure uh, from pneumonia. And uh, we found her in one of, our, one of our outreaches in the village. And uh, we, we do what we can. We brought her up to the, to the ship. We've only got oxygen supply for like a day or two. And we pray. And 24 hours later, she's up. I we got her back. The power of prayer, people. Yeah, sometimes you, we, we are so fortunate here that we don't see miracles, but I challenge you when you go to places like that, you will see the hand of God. And of course, I get to do some really weird stuff. All right? I haven't got to do some dentistry. So my medical colleagues will cringe. Ooh, that's not going to be covered by your insurance. Oh, yeah, absolutely it won't. But, uh, and uh, yeah, we managed to do some really weird stuff that, that you never see an iPhone behind to work as a theater light. So that's an iPhone. That's a theatre light, right there. All right, and uh, yeah, we ha- we cut we, we cut off. I cut off this uh, this big tumor on this uh, lady's uh, foot because she can't walk properly. And you know, the women do most of the work in the villages. And uh, you know that uh, we weigh the pros and cons of doing a bush surgery, and uh, we managed to take this whole big lump out. And she was very grateful at the end of it. All right? I don't want to show you more pictures. I've got more pictures, but but I've seen I've seen diseases that you never see here. I've seen leprosy. I've seen, like, TB, malaria, yours, and this, these things that, you know, we never see, but it is part of their everyday life. And I'm so thankful when I come back that we never complain as much as our health system is not perfect, but we are, we are blessed, right? It's a beautiful country. It's a beautiful people. The people are really resilient. As you can see, they are... I tip my hat off to all the PNG people because they live with much hardship, but yet they're so resilient. And yet they also have that incredible faith in God. And you know why they have this faith in God? Because of missionaries. They've came in for hundreds of years and they have laid down their lives for the people of PNG. And every every island, I kid you not, every island that I've been, there is a church. You don't know how, but there is a church. And you remember, and every person in the village goes to church. I don't know why, but every person in the village goes to church. Part of their everyday culture. And then, at one place outside the village, there is a tomb. There, there is a gravestone saying that this is the missionary that gave his life. Because a few missionaries have laid down their lives. They've been eaten alive in some of the islands. Some of them, they just died from natural causes. All right. Not all the missionaries got eaten up. All right. So just. <laughs> so it's a it's a beautiful country, and uh, you know we. I mean I. I had some uh, good opportunities to swim, so that was awesome. It's not, it's not all uh, all working hard, but uh, we do have some relaxation times. Now, not everything goes as planned. I can tell you that uh, throughout the whole trip, uh, plans change. Uh, I just thought I'd show you the pig, that's all. So that's a pig in the fire. It's well, still a happy pig. he's you know, still alive. Um, so this is us sort of going overboard because uh, our zodiac hit a reef because a lot of these places are uncharted so, so we can we hit a reef everybody off the boat now and so because we got to wait for the tide to drift the zodiac off the reef and then of course we take the opportunity to just have a look at the reef itself it's only the one that the only person that's stress is the uh, is the captain of the boat all right um, so like i said we're part of a much greater family and i want to challenge you that if you have the opportunity and you have the resources that go for go for a mission trip. It doesn't have to be a medical mission trip. I mean, our church is doing a mission trip to to Thailand, and Pastor Michael is is organizing it. And you know, I'm sure there'll be many more opportunities. I, I encourage you that it does grow you. It does grow you. It actually grows you more than what you give to other people. Um, so that's that's my little um, sharing about PNG. Um, I'm very happy to talk to any of you if you want to find out more. But uh, uh, for the sake of time, I just want to move on to a little bit of what I want to share today, and uh, it's just a little Father's Day message. Now, I'll tell you that I am not the—I am nowhere near being the perfect father, and I think I've got a really, 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 really long way to go. All right. So, uh, but I have learned many important lessons the last three and a half years since uh, um, becoming a father, and I realized that. You know, many times, fatherhood has given me a better understanding of how God relates to us, you know, and uh, it's one of those things when I reflected back on and say, I never really know how that feels until I became a father, and then I also realized that this is probably how God feels, this is probably how God views us, all right, so I just want to share with you some of the reflections of fatherhood, the good, the bad, and the mighty, all right, no ugly, all right. Bad is, good en- is bad is bad enough, all right? Um, now, can you imagine that God, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, how does, he, of all the ways he chooses to relate to us because he's a relational God, he wants to relate to us. He doesn't want to just sit on the throne and say, oh, you bring me sacrifice, you sacrifice this and that, and then I will not, I will not rain fire and fury upon you. But God wants to relate to us. God, He can choose many ways to relate to us, such as, I am the king, you are the subject, or I am the boss, you are the slave. But no, in the New Testament, God decided to relate to us like a father. Because Jesus Himself called, when He prayed, He called Father. And when He teaches us to pray, He says, our Father in heaven so God has chosen to relate himself to us like a father to a child. That's one thing that you have to remember that God has decided that of all the relationships in the world, he chooses the relationship between a father and a child. And why? Because God delights in us. I remember when I was when, when Abigail was born and uh, you know she's she was this scrawny slimy little thing that came out in the operating theater. And uh, my, my heart just leapt with pride and joy. She hasn't done anything to me. She hasn't even said daddy. She hasn't, she hasn't, you know, did any housework. She hasn't did anything. But I was proud and I was so happy. I delighted in her because she is my daughter. And the same thing with Alyssa. When Alyssa came out, I delighted in her because she's my daughter. And so God delights in us because we are his children. That's all. You don't have to do anything. All right, you don't have to even say a single prayer or sacrifice anything. God delights in us because God wants to tell us uh, from from the point of view of a father that he loves us and he delights in us. And we are all children of God when we come to faith in Christ Jesus. And every person who has yet to know God, God is longing for them to come into the family as well. So as much as I delight in my children, God delights in all of us. There's another good thing about God. When He's our Father, He gives us an inheritance. Now, my kids will get an inheritance from me. Whether they're a good child or a bad child, they'll get an inheritance from me because they're my children, right? And God Himself has said that He is going to give us an inheritance because of our status as children of God. Plain and simple, all right? Not because you have done 100 mission trips, not because you pray for two hours a day, because you are children of God, because you have come to serve Christ and you have come to accept Christ as Lord and Saviour. And that's why we have an inheritance. And you say, oh, sometimes we struggle, isn't it? that like, oh God, I'm not good enough, but you know, really, you for real, you know. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14 says that the Holy Spirit that God has given to each and every one of us is a guarantee. He gives us the guarantee that we will inherit the inheritance that He has promised because He has paid such a high price for us, right? He's paid such a high price for us. And I can tell you that I struggle with this. You know, Pastor Rob preached about insecurity last week, and there was a great message. Um, and we all struggle with insecurity. I struggle with insecurity even as a young Christian because I cannot fathom or cannot understand how can God love me, um, even though I stuff up all the time, you know. And uh, that insecurity sort of was something I struggled with when I, a, when I was a teenager. I said, God, will you ever love me because I don't pray enough, I don't do this enough, I haven't performed well enough. But, you know, God took me in a journey to, to get to that point and say that, God, it doesn't really matter what I do or what I don't do, that, God, you still love me, and that you, the inheritance that you've given me is a guarantee just because He is good, just because He is faithful. We sing about it. So it's not because I'm good, not because I'm faithful, but because He is good. Now, now this is the hard part, okay? Where as a father, you delight in your children. As a father, you give them inheritance. But for them to get there to their inheritance for the purposes that God has given to each and every one of us, He needs to lead us. He needs to guide us and He needs to correct us. And that's the role I have as an earthly father too. With my children, I have to give them leadership, I have to give them guidance, and I have to give them correction, aka punishment sometimes, right? And God does the same to us because God knows what is best for us and He's charted our life. Imagine I have the best interest for my children, but our perfect Heavenly Father has even a greater purpose. And so for us to get there, God will lead us. And if we submit ourselves to Him, God in his, in his Word says that He calls us by name and He leads us. And how do we get guidance? The Word of God, right? That's why Pastor Robin Pauline and all the leadership of the church have always said, read your Bible, read your Bible, study the Bible, because Scripture is, what, is how God puts the rules in His household. Now, my children live under my household, they have rules. Right, they have rules because I know what is best and what is safe for them. Same thing. We are part of God's family. God sets rules. He sets rules and boundaries so that we can be safe and so that we do not get ourselves into trouble. Right? When I say my child, don't climb on that, and you fall. If they climb and they fall, just because it's not because daddy is a killjoy. It's because it's safe. Right? Now, so God puts boundaries so that we can be safe and so that we can thrive, right? But how do we know until you read it, right? Then, then you will argue, oh, if God really wants us, why don't He tell me? Why don't He talks to me? Oh, well, you heard of emotional states? You know, when you are in a certain emotional state, whatever I tell you, you're not going to get the true meaning of it because if you imagine that God only speaks to us through our ears, you know, we will interpret the same thing hundreds of, hundreds and thousands of different ways. And then they say, God's telling me that I'm going to speak through the red light. Well, what emotional state are you on? You see? Right? So, so because our hearts are deceitful, so God puts it in a written word so that when you read it, this is, this is what it is. Right? This is what it is. You don't interpret it in whatever way you want to interpret, but this is the Word of God. And so this is the rules of God's household to keep us safe, to ensure that our families are healthy, to ensure that we can thrive in our communities, right? And and this is something that I pray that as I, as I go through fatherhood, that I will continue to be able to discipline and guide and correct my children. And the only way I can do it is going through the Word of God. And I know that in the current sort of uh, environment that we are, the whole concept of family, a concept of what is mother, what is motherhood and fatherhood is under a great threat, all right? And we know about this postal vote that we're going to do. And I know what I'm going to do. I know for sure I'm going to vote no. Plain and simple. I'm sorry if I offended anyone, but the Word of God is the Word of God, all right? And I'm going to align myself with the Word of God and, uh, because the Word of God knows what is best for us. Alright? Science and psychology and sociology can say anything they want. And I know they are part of the argument because I'm in the healthcare system as well. And I know that there are some medical things involved, but I need to choose whether am I gonna to listen to my medical side of things or I'm gonna to listen to God. Alright? So I can tell you that we are, we and I encourage you that we will vote no. Alright? I'm not saying as a pastor or as a pastor and I'm just telling you as a regular Christian guy that we are going I'm gonna vote no. And I hope you do as well. For the sake of our children, because we have to fight for our children. Because it's not just about marriage, about, uh, um, you know, about two people loving each other. We are talking about our children. We have to fight for our children and fight for our unborn children. Yeah. All right? So vote no. All right? I get very passionate about this because I, I think that we are going to be... Things are good, going to further erode the morality of society and uh, the structure of a family. All right? I never knew that until I become a father. I knew that what is at stake. All right. Uh, all right. So, retracting back. All right. <laughs> so, our earthly fathers discipline us for a few years, but God's discipline is always good. So, when you feel that God, why are you persecuting me? Have a think about it. Have I disobeyed God? Have I done something that is contrary to the Word of God? And do you know what? Pastor Rob and Pauline and the the leadership of the church are always here to provide you good, wise counsel because the counsel that they give is always godly because they seek God. Because I know Rob and Pauline personally, they will always seek God. And I know that Pastor Michael and Pastor Kylie will do the same thing too, that they will never counsel you what is contrary to the Word of God. And so I encourage you that if you need good advice and you need godly advice, seek counsel from the leadership of the church. All right, of all things, we know that this is the great things about God. There's always a bad thing. The bad thing is not about God. The bad thing is we are. We are the bad news, all right? Because you can have the most perfect father, but you've got the most, but our children can still disobey. You can still have imperfect children. The, the parable of the prodigal son illustrates it. You have a great father who gives his sons everything, but what on earth were the son sort of decided that I don't want any part of your, your inheritance, I just want to squander it away? Is it because the father is, has done something wrong? No, because the son, out of his free will, chose to walk away. And the same thing we are when we say, oh God, you are our perfect father and this is all you're going to give us, but why is there so many problems in my life? Because we are imperfect, because we are the ones that, that most of the time cause the problems. And you know what, when I, when I go through fatherhood, as I say, it really stretches you. I've, i manage to, sometimes my insecurities sort of come up in like a big tidal wave. And, you know, things, I, weaknesses sort of start to creep up. And I realize that, gee, I thought I got it all together, but I really don't. And it really humbles you that then then you come back to God and say, God, I, the more, I, the more I, I go through this thing, the more I don't know right? And I, one thing is clear, the, the the older I get, it's very clear that the, the more I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you think you get older, the, you get older, you get wiser? Nah. <laughs> you, 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 get, you get older, you, you just realize that, look, uh, I really need God more and more. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. Um, and like what Pastor Pauline said earlier on, that our children are going to reap what we sow. And that's scary, isn't it? And then when my children start to talk like me and have a, a temperance like, you know, like, like me, yes, sweetie, it's, it's, it's me, yeah. when they behave badly, say, like, "Oh, see who got, who got that attitude?" <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, dear. Happy wife, happy life. Yes. Um, but look, it, it's true that um, even on a young age, my, my kids are imitating whatever I'm doing. And this morning, Abigail comes to me and says, Daddy, I'd like to copy you. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> i like to copy you. Uh, it's, it's great, but then it's also very scary. All right? So in the face of such, I guess, uh, such great responsibility, you know, it's such responsibility, and you know that we do not, I, I can confess and say, I, I do not have what it takes. I do not have what it takes to be able to lead my family Perfectly and well and down the straight and narrow, I don't have what it takes because I'm imperfect myself. I have imperfect DNA and I've given imperfect DNA to my children. All right? (laughs) Unfortunately, yes. But I know that when we look at the bad, there is a mighty at the end of it. There is the mighty God who can help us through our weakness. And I want to, I really want to encourage you, for those of you I am very well aware that some of us here have a very traumatic childhood. That We might have not have the right view of what fatherhood is because we ourselves have been hurt by a father figure or we don't even have a father figure when we were, when we were young. And uh, some of us bring the trauma of, of having traumatized by father figures or being hurt when we were young. God says He's the father to the fatherless. He's the defender of the widows. He places the lonely in families, right? He places us in families and He sets the prisoners free and He gives them joy. So I want to encourage you today. So even though you've been hurt by, by a father figure or a parent figure and you, you, you've longed for that, for that father figure to really guide you and correct you and lead you and delight in you and you never had that chance when you were young, God, our Heavenly Father, is still here. That He can right the wrongs, and He can heal the scars, He can heal every broken heart. And for for those of us, dads like me, who struggle every day, day in and day out, to try to be a good father and we fail again and again and again and again, I'm encouraged by Philippians 1.6 that God, who began a good work within us, will always continue until it's finished, all right? So if we commit our fatherhood or our parenthood to God, God will always help us through right to the end. And so the imp- important thing is what James four 4.7 says, that we humble ourselves before God. We say, God, I do not have what it takes. And then we resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And when we come close to God, God will come close to you. <laughs> can you can invite the worship team back. I ask myself, what legacy should I leave for my children and the next generation? Today on Father's Day, I want to leave you with 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, that you should imitate me as I imitate Christ. This is not just a message for fathers, but it's a message for mothers. It's a message for the young men and the young women as well, For even for the single men and the single women, that we should always imitate Christ and others will always follow us. Yes. So, whether you like it or not, when we, when we become a parent, this is our responsibility that we have to nurture our children and guide our children, correct our children and set the best path for them. And only by God's help, we can actually get them there. I want to take some time this morning just to, just to pray. I want to speak to the first group of people where you've been hurt. By a father or a father figure or, or you feel that you never ever had that relationship like a, fa- like a child to a father I want to encourage you today that God is here that heavenly father is here and he is here to give you that, that embrace of the father All right? I can never do it, no words can ever say it, but I know that God can heal I've seen it in the physical sense in Papua New Guinea, and I know that He can do it. He can do it here. And so today, if you say that, yes, I really, really want, I need that healing. I need God to sort of wipe my perspective clean again and give me the right perspective of how I can relate to God as the Father. As as every eye is closed, just to respect people's privacy. So, If that is you they say, God, I really want that healing in my heart, can I ask you to raise your hands to God as I pray together with you? Dear Lord, God, you see our hearts and you are interested in our hearts and I pray for every brother and sister with their hands raised that You will do that miracle today in their heart. Lord, that every hurt will be healed and every scar will be no more. Every scar will be no more because the mighty name of Jesus has conquered every scar. By Your stripes, we are healed from every physical ailments and also psychological ailments. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak healing to my brothers and sisters. Amen. Now, the second people I want to pray with is those of us, and myself included, that, you know, we we feel that we're not good enough, that we always feel that we, you know, like a father, we always keep striving and then we keep failing. I just want to pray that prayer of encouragement and that prayer of strength today, that we will keep going, that we will not give up, just like what Pastor Pauline showed on that slide, that we will not give up because our children are watching us. And so, I just want to pray for us all as, as fathers, because I I am included in this, right? So can every father in this house just lift your hands up? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have set the standard and you have also given us the tools for us to be able to achieve that standard, and that is your Holy Spirit. And that is your Word and that is your Holy Spirit I ask that today that you will strengthen us as fathers. That you strengthen us O oh God, that even when we fail, Lord, that you will pick us up and you give us that strength. You strengthen our feeble knees and we keep walking. I pray that you will give us, Lord, the, the wisdom to guide and correct and lead our children, our families, to love our wives and our spouses and to fight for what is right. And to fight, Lord, for, for what you have asked us to fight for. And I pray that the legacy that we will leave for our children is a legacy that, Lord, is You, Lord. You are the greatest legacy that we can give to our children. Lord, not inheritance of of, uh, material things, but God, You, Lord, You are the greatest inheritance that we can leave to our children. So I pray You empower us to do so. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the third group of people that I really want to pray with this morning is if you've never ever met our Heavenly Father, if you've never ever knew what it means to be called a child of God, and you are, and deep in your heart that you say that, I really want this relationship with, with this God who wants to father me, who wants to lead me and has a great plan for me. And if you've never ever encountered that, if you've never ever encountered our Heavenly Father, I want to encourage you today that if you would be courageous enough to raise your hands, we would like to pray for you and also welcome you into the family. Because all it takes is actually, yes, God, I want you. I want this relationship. There is no formula to this. There is really no, oh, you got to say this word 10 times or do this up and down. All it takes is, yes, God, I want this. I want this relationship with you. Now, if that is you, I encourage you to lift, to raise your hand. Praise God. All right. Thank you, everyone. Happy Father's Day. And uh, it's been a joy being part of this church. And uh, thank, you for, thank you for hearing what I have to share. God bless you.